hey, how are you going? Grab a seat. Yeah. Cool. Wow, there's nothing short of anything happening here, is there? Yeah. How's Red Frogs? How good is it? Do you realise the influence that it has around the world? Yeah. Unbelievable. Andy Goulet, who started Red Frogs, one of our founders of Red Frogs, he was voted in the top 100 people, and in the top 100 influential people in the world in his division as an alumni in the universities. And so they flew him all the way to Boston. And you've got to realise th this award is given to people of influence. Colin Power, one of the uh, advisories or government officials over in America, he received that award. And so th this is the influence that, that this has around the place. It is phenomenal. Um, so he's, he's an amazing man and it's an amazing thing that we are part of. It was birthed out of City Point, it is birthed out of us and what we do. And so, really, it's the influence that it has in um, safeguarding the next generation. And that's what Red Frogs is. It safeguards the next generation and the generations to come. And so today, I, I want to talk about the tyranny of tolerance. And so we've been doing apologetics here, and they decided to get the most um, theological person to talk about the tyranny of tolerance. Um, we thought, you know, we'd give uh, Josh Pello suffering last week, and he actually nailed it. Um, phenomenal. And uh, he, he was like, you know, I'll do suffering. And then I got to do the night service, which was uh, riches in heavens, heaven's reward, which was phenomenal because I'm really into that theology. Actually, I, I looked through it and I was like, wow, I do believe this. This is amazing. And so it was actually really good for me. And so... Uh, and then yesterday, Carolina, well, no, last week, Sunday, Carolina was down at our Carindale location doing uh, apologetics on, are men and women equal? You know, you put a woman up to do that, don't you? And so she got to speak on that with Pastor Mark. It was really just a, uh, it was a sit down. It was a discussion between the two. Um, and so we're doing that through all our locations, that one. And so tonight we're going to have that one here are men and women equal? And I'll tell you what, it's a good one to come to. It is a great one to come to. Guys, you need to be here because she actually tells the women where to be. But guys, you don't get out of it lightly. Sorry. But yeah, so this morning I got the tyranny of tolerance and, uh, and today you look in society and, um, and society puts it in the light of this is that tolerance versus intolerance. Have you ever seen that? Is that when it comes to the Christian worldview, it's like the Christian worldview is just so intolerant. And you've got this one where there's this view of tolerance is that, you know, I can do whatever I want. I can be whoever I want. I can, you know, don't tell me. You, know, you need to tolerate me. That's what tolerance is. And so we look at society and they've sort of painted it and you can, and so, and I, you know, on Facebook you see some of the Christians and some of the they they just got this thing going back and forth and, and the media takes it and then they put it, you know, Christianity and religion versus this and that. And, and you've got all these things that, and it just flows on. And so I'm not going to take one specific thing. We can all think of stuff like, you know, marriage and all those things. But today I, I want to have a look at it really as general. And so you look at it and, it and you look at the church, society paints the church or religion is perceived as being intolerant. It's like it's the moral police. It's like there's no 
grey, and, and I, I'm a man of conviction, is that I do have conviction in my life, and I, I will live by that, and I will tell people certain things. But then you've got tolerance. Is that tolerance is the permission to do what you want without the consequence or responsibility or accountability, no matter how it affects those around us. Because it's like, it's my view. Is that intolerance screams out, or intolerance screams out, we want to judge, we want a sentence, and we want accountability. Tolerance can scream out this, it can scream out, hey, listen, you know what, um, you have to agree with me because the moral police are cruel and intolerant. And you're coming to this whole argument in society right now, and a lot of people are caught up in it. Is it's intolerance versus tolerance. And the argument gets so loud that we start to wonder if there is actually a difference between tolerance and intolerance. Have you ever noticed that? You look at society right now. Is there actually a difference? And so even the meaning of tolerance is starting to change. The meaning of tolerance is that, you know, sometimes you could tolerate something, but now it's like if you've got a different view, well then, that's it. I don't want to talk to you. And so tolerance is like shifted away from its original meaning. And so we see this going around in society today. You know, the devil wants this to happen. It, It is not a new trick to him is that he has this trick to distract us from the cause. His tricks are about bringing division. His tricks are about bringing disunity. And so today I want to take a passage from John. Is that it's a passage where Jesus finds himself in a place between intolerance and tolerance. Between scribes and Pharisees wanting to cast him to cast judgment on a woman caught in adultery. And and so today I want to just really paint a picture of what is the approach that we should have of Christians? What is the approach that we should have in this day and age for those that are around our life? Is that right now it's intolerance versus tolerance. Have we got the next one? Is you've got the Pharisees and then you've got the sinners. In, In this story there is this this place. And if we look at John, if we got that, John chapter 8, verse 1. It says this, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, This woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that she should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. 
And now again he scooped down and wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, being with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world, and he who, sh- who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I, I look at this, and, and we've got this story where Jesus comes in, and, and we've got the religious leaders, they're intolerant. It's like, this is the law, the law needs to be filled. Well, let, let me say this, Jesus fulfilled the law. And so they come to Jesus and he comes to this place and they're like, Jesus, this is what the, the Lord, this is what the commandments of Moses say. They, they drag her in and they throw her down and this is, the, this is what's got to take place. You know, Jesus, he is he, there, but he disagrees with the whole argument. Is that you've got intolerance and you've got tolerance there. At the moment, they're versing each other and Jesus, he's like, he's like you know what? Let's just take a break. It's time to take a break. It's time to look at this through the eyes. He never engages it. He counteracts it with truth. I believe the only way that we can live our life is the same way as Jesus, is where he counteracts it with truth. He counteracts it with truth and love. He he doesn't bring intolerance into it. He doesn't bring, you know, tolerance into it. He just says, you know, I I, I disagree with you both. And okay, let's take a moment. You know, Jesus was not tolerant. He was quick to forgive whenever forgiveness was sought. Whenever forgiveness is sought, he is quick to give. But he's forbiddably intolerant on unrepentant sin. What? You just said he was not intolerant. Yeah, yeah, not towards people, but towards unrepentant sin. There's a difference. There's a difference. He knew how to separate the two. You think about it. At the end of this scripture, he says the to the lady, he says, where are your accused? And he's like, well, there is none. And he goes, well, you know what? Go and sin no more. He always leaves the dignity up to the individual to choose. He always covers the person with love and with mercy and with grace. But yet somehow, uh, when religiosity gets around your life, you know, there has to be someone that pays a price. You've got to realize Jesus paid the price. He paid the price. And so we've come to a place where Jesus, he is there. Jesus did not practice tolerance. In the world today, certain people have painted tolerance as a virtue you have to have. Let me just say this, tolerance is not a virtue. 
Tolerance is not a virtue. Patience is a virtue. Courage is a virtue. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 says, And now abide in faith, love, and of these three, faith, faith hope, love, and now of these, and of these three, I'll get it right soon, but the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love are supernatural virtues. But the greatest of these is love. And this is what I believe that in the day and age that we live is is tolerance screams out and intolerance screams out. God calls us to live with the greatest virtue of all and that's love. Is to counteract it with truth but in love. With truth and in love. Tolerance says that you must approve what I do. Love responds, I will love you even when your behavior offends me. Let me say that again. You must approve of what I do. And love, our response, Jesus' response is this, is that I will love you even when your behavior offends me. Time and time again, we read through the Bible and we see Jesus' response on this. is that there were plenty of times that he was offended, but he still loved. There were plenty of times that he put himself in the place of where the sinners were. The religious people were like, hey, how can he do that? But as he sat there, he showed love. And as he showed love, transformation came upon those that were around him. He was in a place where he stood and he stood for what he knew what he was convicted of, or he knew who he was. So the circumstances and the things that were said never changed that. But as he was offended, you know, he he never took offense. Right now, at home, in my garage, I have a car. You've got to realize this is a 70 model, roughly, XW Fairmont. And I've had it sitting in my garage for eight years. Call me patient? Yes. It took me two years to find. And it's been sitting there for eight years and I haven't touched it yet. It is still in its original condition. Rust and all. And Carolina looks at me and she's like, well, babe, you know, you've spent all this money. We've had it sitting in the garage. When are you going to do it up? I'm like, you know what? I will get it done when I'm ready. I have four kids. And who knows what four kids can do to a car? And so for me, it's like, you know, no, it's the project. It sits. It is not being devalued. It is going up in money. It is fine. It's I am happy. I haven't lost yet. And then a couple of years ago, I'm sitting there and, and I got to a stage where Judah would come in and say, Dad, can I play in the car? Yeah, okay, son. Because I want him to have a passion for good cars. You know, classic, <laughs> not plastic. Classic, not plastic. And so, yeah, okay, son. And so the kids play in the car. That, that's okay. And one day I was sitting there and 
And Maya comes in. And she's like, Dad, I've got to tell you something. I'm like, yeah, okay, what? Um, Judah has a chisel and a hammer and he's just put holes in your dash. Who knows at that point when you're trying to preserve something, he offended me. I was offended. I am like, man, I had no words. Carolina was in the room. She saw me. She was like, he's, he's gone. He's dead. We're going to have three kids. It's all good. There we go. I walked up to the car. Opened the door. Honestly, I couldn't say a thing. You know how you get to that point and you're like, Something's, someone's blood has to be shed. Anyway, so I open, I, and I, and he saw me and he was just like, Daddy, sorry, Daddy. I, I, I'm sorry, Daddy. He looked in my eyes. He knew. He knew straight away. He knew. I didn't have to say a word. I didn't, he was like, he was repentant. He was on his knees. And I just said to him, hey, mate, just go to your room. Just go to your room for five minutes. You know, dad needs time out. Not you. Dad needs time out. And so I think I sat in the car for half an hour just stroking the dash. And I, I walked back in out of the garage and, and Carolina's like, oh, now I know why you haven't done anything up. So today it still sits there, waiting for when the kids leave home. <laughs> but then you've got this woman that is caught in adultery and she is there on the ground and, and Jesus is there. And they're like, hey, how about you stone her? Because the commandment of the day that Moses had set that any woman caught in adultery would be stoned. And, and they've come to Jesus and they're like, you know what, she, she is, she's been caught out. She's been caught in the very act. I don't know how you'd, I don't know if you'd want to, but she was caught. Uh, my question is, where was the bloke? And they're like, well, she's got, she's got to pay. And Jesus is like, well, here's, without sin, cast the first stone. And slowly, one by one, from the eldest, they begin to fall away. And he asks the question, he's like, Who are your, where are your accusers? And well, no one's accused me. And he says this, neither do I. Go and sin no more. I believe this, at that moment, as she looked at Jesus in the eyes, she knew. Yeah, wow. There was no need yeah. for anything else. There was a moment where the eyes locked and she knew that she had offended God. Yeah. Wow. And as Jesus looked at her with love, 
He didn't tolerate the sin. He just said, hey, listen, go and sin no more. That was it. That was it. How many times in the Bible can you flick through and and read that quote from Jesus? Go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven. Just that moment, that glance, that, that experience of looking into the very eyes of Christ himself was enough. But yet human nature says someone has to pay. Someone has to be accountable. But God says, you know what? You know what you've done. I'm going to give you the dignity of choice. It's up to you now to move forward in your life. Go and sin no more. Will you love those whose behavior offends you? Will you love those whose behavior offends you? Will your, will your life be big enough to include those sort of people? To pour out the love upon their life. To move forward. The second is this. Tolerance says you must allow me to have my way. Jesus, or love, responds in this, is that I plead with you to follow the right way because I believe you are worth the risk. I believe you are worth the risk. I plead with you. I plead with you to follow the right way. Uh, After many years of just working for different people, different organisations and having people work for us and under us, I've come to this realisation. Is that every now and then you get that one that just knows everything. Anyone got someone like that in their life? Maybe, maybe you've got a young adult kid. You know, maybe, maybe you know, it's like when you're, when, you're, when you're 20 years old, you know everything. Yep. Who knows that? Yep. Who's been there? You know, you're 20 years old, you know everything. Dad, my, pff, come on, boss, what would you know? You're not even up with technology. You know, when you get to 30, you're sort of like, maybe I just don't know everything. <laughs> Who's at that stage? Maybe I just, and then when you get to 40, it's like, I know nothing, I need to learn a lot more. <laughs> You know, it's like, shouldn't it all be the other way around? But you know, you, you get that 20-year-old and, and they come in and, and just imagine if you're on a construction site. You've got a 20-year-old, you know, he, he's been drive, you know, driving the crane for two minutes. But yet he knows how to do everything. Who knows if you let him have his way and you don't plead with him? Who knows what's going to happen? Something is going to happen. Anything from a minor injury to a death. However way do you put it? Like there there are consequences that take place. And and this is what I love about about this is that love will, will step in. You'll plead. Why? Because you believe they are worth it. Because you don't want to see them go through the consequences of their action. And so love is this, it's actually having the hard word with those around you. Love is actually sitting down and having the hard discussions. Love is sitting down and saying, listen son, you know what, if you make that decision, this could take place. 
But unfortunately, tolerance is this, is that you must allow me to have my way. But unfortunately, somehow in society today, when the church actually says, you know what, this will happen, it's like, no, no, you must let us have our way. Yeah, but this is the consequence that's going to happen. You know, for abortion, for these things that are in the media right now and coming through, you know, if this comes into play, these are the consequences. No, but you're just being intolerant. No. It's just a fact of life. There are some natural laws as well. But as Christians, we are here to plead the case as well in love. Why? Because we believe every individual is worth it. We believe humanity is worth it. To say, hey, you you want a better life? You want a life that brings value to everyone? Well, then sometimes you've got to do the things that you don't want to do. Sometimes you've actually got to listen to those that you don't want to listen to. Having the hard work. Jesus always believed you were worth the risk. He believed I was worth the risk. That he would actually give his life. Do you believe they are worth the risk? Do you believe those around you are worth the risk? And maybe you'll get accused of something else. Maybe you'll be put in a certain light. But do you believe that you're worth the risk? That they're worth the risk? Is that you will take the knocks? You will take the opinions. And the third one is this. Tolerance says... You must agree with me. God says and love says or love responds is, I will tell you the truth because I am convinced the truth will set you free. Will set you free. I've come to this conclusion and this is something Carolina and myself always talk about is that what you walk past, you approve of. What you walk past, you approve of. What? You think about it. You walk past a bit, of, a bit of rubbish on the ground, you approve of that. You're okay with that. But someone who's not okay with that will pick it up and put it in the bin. You walk past someone being abused and you're like, well, that's, that's not my... when you've got the ability to do something about it. And I believe it's our job not just to walk past, but to engage the world in which we live. Jesus never walked past anything. He never walked past anything. He he, he was always in that moment. He always called it for what it was but he called it in love. 
Jesus never walked past anything. He always addressed the issues. But he always left the dignity of choice up to the individual. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. And as we live in a world of tolerance and intolerance, as we live in this world really where you could say it's almost just the same thing at the moment. As the church, we've got to speak love. We've got to respond in love. As individuals, we've got to do the same thing. And through that response, I pray that the light, that the love of God would be shown. Grace and mercy will be extended. Lives would be changed and set free. Tolerance seeks to be inoffensive. Love takes risks. Love takes risks. If you're in a marriage, love takes risks. Tolerance glorifies division. There is difference. There is difference everywhere. Love seeks unity. Love seeks unity. There is a way that we can do this together. Tolerance costs nothing. Love costs everything. Love costs everything. And church, what we've got to remember is that we live in a fallen world. And not everyone is going to have the same values as us. Not everyone is going to see the world in the way that we see the world. And so when they do come, when they do engage where we're at, do you have the love to cover them? Do you have the mercy and grace to show? We live in an age where most people haven't done Sunday school. They don't know the first thing about who Jesus is, what He did, that He hung on a cross so that we could have a relationship with God. They they don't know that. So sometimes we need to go through and, and understand. We've got people that have been in church for years that don't even know there's different versions of the Bible. But yet, we expect someone without a framework or an upbringing in the church who hasn't had that upbringing to know everything that we do. And Jesus, he just knelt down and he was like, go and sin no more. It's a journey right now and the journey is up to you to find your way. You have offended me, but I want to say you're forgiven. Who knows, I have almost forgiven Judah. (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not. 
And so as we step into the world as we go, respond with love. Respond with humility, not self-righteousness, but humility to say, you know what? The Savior of the world, the God, the creator of this universe wants a relationship with you. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are, but it's a journey of being connected with Him and coming into a relationship with God. And I believe through that, through that, we will be more of a witness than standing up as the moral police. Father God, I thank you that we're here today. And Lord God, I don't know everyone in this building right now, but right now as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give an invitation for anyone sitting here is that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you don't have a relationship with God, I would love to pray for you today. Right now, if you... If you've never thought about a relationship with God or you've got questions right now, this could be the start of your journey. And he's saying, I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you've come from. All I want to do is have a relationship with you. All I want to do is have an intimate relationship with you. And the way we start that relationship is just by acknowledging him this morning. Just saying, saying, Jesus, I don't know everything. But I want to know. And just by acknowledging Him and believing God right now, I I believe that you are real. He said He would come and have a relationship with you. He said He would come and walk intimately with you. And so this morning, if you want to just be included in this prayer, I just love for you just to raise your hands. Just where you are. Yeah, thank you. Just so I look around, does anyone else want to join? This one lady. Well, God. Thank you, Father God, that you see the hearts in this place. Lord God, you just see see the decisions that are being made. And Lord God, today we just pray as we believe upon you that salvation will come. And Lord God, as we look into your eyes, anything that has offended you, anything that has caused wrong standing with you, today, Father God, I, I pray that as we repent, as we come into understanding of what that is, that we would turn from our ways and turning to you, turning to your love, your grace and your mercy. And from this day forward, Father God, I pray that we'd be right standing with you, the start of an intimate and perfect relationship, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give the individuals a